This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal, 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 Hannibal. Mr. Dot Commer on WEEI.com. Podcast, uh, week one of the Off Day Podcast. The NFL season is here. Uh, we haven't hit on the Patriots roster yet, which was the initial 53-man roster was finalized Saturday. Then they had some moves yesterday being Monday with some guys going IR, guys being promoted from the practice squad. Uh, what are your initial takeaways from the roster? Well, I think the first takeaway, or one of the interesting takeaways, is they don't technically have a kicker, but yep. they have two kickers Late. on the practice. Well, yeah, which means you have none, yep. using my logic. But, um, but obviously one of those guys – first of all, I don't – I'm just going to be honest. I don't completely have a handle on all the roster rules this year. Uh, I'm just – I'm not going to pretend I'm one of those that knows every minute detail of the CBA and the COVID rules. But one of them is you can bump two guys up from the practice squad to the active roster to 55-man roster. I'm assuming one of those will be a kicker this week. But I think from what I read, you can only do it twice per guy. You can also only do it twice, and you can't do the same guy back-to-back weeks. Right. So it couldn't be Nick Folk this week, Nick Folk next week. Correct. But it could be Nick Folk this week, Justin Rohrwasser next week, Nick Folk week, and then – and then after September, you decide who it is. Like, each guy's gotten two preseason games, basically. Like, Sure, yeah. So, I don't know. but or, clearly one, or, or one could just go to the active roster after this week. Yeah, but that would be too easy. Bill doesn't like to be easy. He likes to do things the hard way. Right. Um, but, no, the, the roster weren't a ton of surprises, especially when they worked no. their way through the practice squad. And, um, like, a couple of your guys didn't make the roster necessarily cash. Yeah. Um, but then he's on the practice squad, so he's he's right there. He could be up at any time. I think my biggest surprise was maybe Cash the- is on the roster now. What's that? Cash got promoted yesterday. Right, but he wasn't on the original. So right, right. got a discussion off air. What did he make the original roster? Or did he not? I'm gonna say no, but okay, so others the, the undrafted streak continues because JJ Taylor made it um, because Damian Harris is now on IR. We've talked about that. That's not necessarily a surprise, although it is a significant disappointment i would say that he's oh, starting- we could say that it's no longer the eight, half the season it's three weeks okay three weeks is a lot for a pinky i'm not happy about it and yeah. this isn't because i made a bet that he would have a thousand yards this year and i've been very high on him and want him to get his chance like i when opportunity knocks sometimes they only knock once or twice and i feel like this is a little bit of a lost opportunity for him to start the year as like the lead back or get a good oh, chance because i said so- yesterday i don't think they want necessarily sony michelle to be the lead guy this week against Miami, but I think he's going to have to be. Right. And that's, I mean, that's disappointing. That's unfortunate for Damian Harris because, you know, he's a third round pick. You know, we, uh, we've talked about this. Dan Orlovsky talked about this with Jarrett Stidham in particular. You're a fourth round quarterback. You're only going to get so many shots. Well, you're a third round running back. You missed your rookie year. Now you're missing the start to your second year. That sort of narrative starts to be told that, oh, that's too bad. He never really took advantage of his chances or he never really got out. Like, I don't want to be overly dramatic, but that. There's only so many of those opportunities. Right. Who knows? Maybe Sony goes out and looks like a first-round running back, and maybe he's, you know, 300-yard games or something to come out the gates, right. and you're like, well, I guess we're never going to need Damian Harris or really find out what Damian Harris is. But yep. um, So that was one of them. The 10 offensive linemen I found interesting. Um, I don't know what your take is on that. Uh, my take is that I think that they think that none of these guys – or not none of these guys, but there's going to be a lot of rotating these first couple of weeks just with guys getting into game shape. 
I brought that up um, on our radio that they've done that in the past in regular yeah. season. And now when they haven't played and Josh McDaniels talked about it in a conference call this morning, no, you know, no players have played 70 snaps. Nobody's played 40 in a preseason game was how he phrased it. Even talking to, we interviewed James White yesterday on our, on our radio station. And like, he hasn't been hit. He's like, no one's been hit. You, you know, you're practicing and you're, there's contact, but no one's like really going all out. They're taking care of each other. Well, it's kind of like guys coming off those long-term injuries. They always talk about, oh, you know, I had to get that first real big hit to get back into the game. Everybody on the field is going to need that first big hit to get back in the game. And then the fat guys, the big bodies, the hogs, um, are probably going to be sucking wind at some point. And you may need to rotate through. I know even Steve Belichick talked about his players. Like, you're going to have to – some guys will probably be good to go longer than others. Are you distracted? You're very distracted today. we got a fantasy football draft tonight, so I'm ironing out the details. Jesus. Between your dog and your fantasy football, can we focus on the off-day podcast for one minute? I'm focused. I'm, I'm not moving around today. But your eyes, your eyes keep going somewhere else. I can see your eyes. They're going somewhere else. My phone. I know. Um, but yeah, I think conditioning and reps and rotations and picking your spots, it's almost like, um, like matchups, like in, in hockey or, yeah. you know, cross and lines and like, right. You know, whatever the Dolphins do, do you try to match like your backup with their backup when they're subbing and then right. make sure your ones are versus their ones? Yeah, or... like let's say the Dolphins send out their defense and they can see there's some twos in there. Does Josh say, oh, wait a minute, you guys flip too? Right. Or do you, do you go the other way and try to get your ones versus their twos and, and right. you know, match up you like? So I think there's going to be a lot of interesting aspects to that. Now, they – they catch a break that it's in New England because obviously it'd be hotter down in Miami if this were one of those September Miami openers. That is true. Um, and I haven't actually looked at the weather report, but it it's did. been kind of cool. Yeah, cool. It's, I think 70 and cloudy. Yeah, and basically what it's been. So you get a little bit of a break there, but there's still going to be conditioning concerns and rotations and thoughts. And um, so other than that, the roster, I don't know. what Did anything really jump out move-wise, roster-wise for you? Not with what they have, but I was just surprised that Saturday was such a quiet day. Like, I thought there would be a lot of trades, and that was sort of a league-wide thing. There weren't many trades. There weren't even – even on Sunday, there weren't many guys released claimed by other teams. I think 17 across the league, and I, I expected right. a lot more. Yeah, I did too. Um, and I don't know when um, when we closed the door on sort of that idea. Probably never with Bill. But, like, right. I thought for sure wide receiver, tight end – You'd be bringing somebody in, trade linebacker, yeah, something, something. and you got nothing, nothing. And have I been overly negative of late? Do you think I'm being overly? Because I feel like I have trended from somewhat optimistic at points to I really don't know how good this team can be. Uh, well, I'm kind of the same way. Just looking at what we've seen this summer, like there was some optimism with Cam and all that, but then like. The receivers, a lot of those guys didn't pan out or like excel the way that we thought some of them might have. And that could change once the games start. But like Nikhil Harry hasn't done anything to show that he's going to be a year two jump. Muhammad Tanu is gone. Uh, their number three receiver right now is probably Demir Bird or Gunnar Olszewski. Like that's, that's not good. Yeah, I, um, I mean, certainly, and I would go on. Yeah. I would just go to the backfield too, offensively. Like, first of all, tight ends. We know what the tight ends are. Everybody is just saying, by the way, oh, they'll be a little bit better there, Asi Asi. I don't know that. No one does. Like, Matt Lacoste had, you know, a decent year in Denver before he comes here. So you're like, okay, he's done a little something. There's no guarantee Asi Asi's better than Matt Lacoste was. Maybe well, he even stays people, healthier. Even people are expecting something from Dalton Keene, who didn't even catch more than – didn't have a game of more than 80 yards receiving in college. Right. So, I mean, and that's going to be one of those things for Dalton Keene in particular, I think. You're going to um, view him based on how you want to view him because he's going to be blocking and catching and doing this. And, do, and like, if you want to, I think you're going to pose it as, oh, he's doing all kinds of things for them. And then some people will probably say, yeah, and he had two catches for 19 yards. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah he's, a, he's a third round pick. Like, he needs to be contributing like a third round pick and not, not, just you know blocking occasionally right like a lot of teams get star tight ends in the second third fourth fifth round like he needs to be productive in my opinion but more importantly is I think everybody's just 
oh, they're going to play defense and run the ball. They're going to run the ball 35 times a game. They're going to play good defense, and they're going to win 17-13. You there? Yeah, what the hell happened? I don't know. Keep going. My Zoom just closed and reopened itself. Well, there we go. It was pretty slow, and now, now your connection's better. So that this this podcast is moving right along smoothly. <laughs> this podcast is like the Patriots season. It's going to be a little disjointed, and I'm not sure how good it is. Um, but I, I the this this assumption that they're just going to run the ball and play defense. I have doubts about both of those things. I don't know if they can run the ball. I've told, said to you, I think defenses know they're going to try to run the ball, so it's going to be harder to run the ball, and then defensively. Not that the Dolphins are going to be some juggernaut offense, but just big picture, your defense, I told you that number, the, the, that they returned 44% of their snaps, the lowest mm-hmm. in the NFL. Like, that just jumped off. Like, I knew it. I, like, I, I, I felt like I was more concerned with the offseason departures on defense than most people have been. But then when you put it into a number, like an actual figure yeah. that places kind of grade on it, it's even more eye-opening and – I just don't know the front seven. Like, it's great that Jennings is versatile and Uche is versatile and all this, but are they good? Are they ready? Duggar, like, are these guys ready to play in the National Football League? And then even if they are, like, listening to Steve Belichick talk about rotating, like, so even if they're ready but they get tired and they can only play 35 snaps, where are the other 35 snaps coming from? And so I just – this team has a lot of questions. They really do. And I, I think some people are just like, ah, it's Belichick, 10 wins. He rolls out of bed and gets 10 wins in the NFL because he's smarter, he's better. What? Yeah, we'll see. Maybe. Maybe he buffs up his resume even more this year. But I think it's going to be really challenging. I really do. I think – I don't know. Bill sort of has had a different attitude this year, like a more relaxed attitude in a way. I think Boomer Sison brought it up this morning, like – he sort of I don't know if he like sort of knows like his team's rebuilding in a way and he kind of needs to sort of not have that sort of he has to be more relaxed because they're new and they're young and all that but does that factor into it like does he have you noticed a change in build all this year just his attitude with the way he's talking to the media talking about players especially Cam Newton in particular like I've noticed a difference and I'm trying to figure out exactly why that difference is there I think uh, first of all I think you were ahead of the curve on this um, sort of the idea of this is a scrappy team that he's going to like the challenge and he's going to like the players trying to prove themselves that idea. And I think he does. Like, I think he understands this is a unique year with a challenge, but I also think it's an old Parcells thing. And they would always say, you know, the pay, you know, Parcells, you, you win and he's just chewing your ass out. You get your ass kicked and you think, Oh, we're screwed. He's going to just lay us a new yeah. one. He comes in and he's a little more positive than it's sort of that, um, psychological approach. Like yeah. you can't kick them when they're down. You kick them when they're up to keep them in line, keep their heads right. in line. And I think Bill realizes that this is a young team with questionable slash unproven talent in a lot of places. And he knows he can't hold them to the standard of this isn't Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Wes Welker, you know, Teddy Bruce. You might, yeah. You're not lining up with this whole crew of proven veterans who know how to know how to win, know what, you know, the expect, this is certainly not AFC title game or bust Patriots nation. This is a lot to prove Patriot nation. And I think Bill understands that any, any smart coach, like you manage the expectations, you treat people based somewhat on expectations. I always, I, you, I'm sure I've said it a million times. you like, when you have multiple kids and like one always gets A's and comes home with a B, you're like, Whoa, what happened on this quiz or whatever? And then one that always gets C's comes home with a B and you're like, hey, nice job. Way to study this week. You know, it's all you manage sort of based on the expectations. And I do think, I think Bill has probably more honest and realistic expectations than some fans do, some analysts, some some media types do because he's not a dummy. He can look at the roster. Like, well, know what he look, has. Look at training camp. Like, when's the last time you've heard of him giving, like, a guy a day off? Like, Julian Edelman. For, like, he acknowledged he hasn't had this in 12 years. Like, he literally had some, like, maintenance days in training camp. We've never, right. ever seen that, even with Tom Brady. Because you got to be smart. And, right. you know, even Josh talked about it on his conference call that 
he's never the, how much are you going to run with Cam and how do you manage that? And he said, well, A, I've never had to answer that question, never been an issue. And B, they are going to have to manage it. They are going to have to f- sort of figure it out because if Edelman goes down, if Cam goes down, there's a few key guys that if they go down, you're, you may already be in trouble, but if they go down, you're in even more significant trouble. So yeah, I, I think Bill likes the challenge. I think he has been a little reinvigorated by probably Corona, which is a different training camp than he's ever had, a different roster. Yeah, he's, he's been had in more, he's been in more he's been able to control things more than any other summer. Right. So like I think he's enjoying this challenge right now with this team and I believe him. I bet he likes this team. I bet he likes the work they've put in, how serious they've taken it. He's probably oh, I don't say probably, he's obviously been um and thrilled and whatever enthralled or smitten with cam newton you and i have talked about that the way he's treated that issue and how much yep. he likes cam so yeah i think i think this is an interesting challenge for him but i wonder what will it be like if it's as challenging as it may be if they're one and three two and five three and seven is he staying upbeat and positive and you know coaching the young players and is it a bridge year and i know tom curran he wrote a column i didn't read it but i saw the headline like the Patriots fans have the stomach for a rebuild. I don't think they're in a full rebuild. I think this so is more Boomer of a Zayas said this morning, he says they're in a full rebuild mode. Yeah, I don't buy I don't think it's the case mode. at all. I mean, if you were in a full rebuild mode, you wouldn't have re-signed Matthew Slater, Devin McCourty, some of those other – signed Cam Newton. Right. I, I think it's a bridge where they're trying to find out a lot of the young answers to see which ones are part of the, the future and then – where do we go with the trade deadline? Where do we go with our cap space late in the year right. into next year? Like, it's kind of yeah, like – it's what you talk about this offseason. Like, I think they're good enough right now is what they have to be that, you know, wild card playoff team. It's just – even with getting these younger players' experience. So, you're, you're competing to win, but you're not really competing for the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and it's such a fine line. Like, I went back. I made a comment on the radio. I said, I wouldn't trade – who was the trade rumor? Would you trade a first round pick for somebody? Kamara? And I said, yeah, Kamara. And I said, no, for a lot of reasons. But one of them is also my first round pick this year is not going to be 29, 30, 31, 32. I said, right. You could be trading the 12th pick in the draft. And someone was like, oh, the 12th pick. So I went back and looked just to put some, Some that was seven and nine. Seven and nine was the 12th pick in the draft. I think there was six teams that finished seven and nine. So yep. between the 12th and the 18th pick, we're all seven and nine. They were tiebreakers, whatever, to figure out. But that's, that's a near playoff team. But, you know, one or two games goes the wrong way, and it makes you a near top 10 pick team. And I think that's where the Patriots are. Like, it's going to sound stupid. I think they could be the seventh playoff team, maybe 14th if you include both. Maybe they're like the worst playoff team, the 14th playoff team. I also think that if a couple breaks go the other way, they're picking around 10, 11, 12 in the draft next year. Like, right. And it's a, it's a fine line. I don't think that's actually, you know, that big of a cat. I think people would say, oh, you don't think they're a playoff team? You think they're the top 10 picks? Well, I think those two things are very close. I don't mm-hmm. think there's that, that big of a difference. This isn't related to the roster, really, but what's your take on Jared Stidham? Like, I kind of have him going down a little bit in terms of how I view him for the future. Just, and I, maybe just because he was hurt and didn't really get a chance to fully perform in training camp, but I don't view him as highly as I did say two, three months ago. See, this is where I get in trouble that I didn't watch a single training camp practice. I haven't seen him throw a pass. I haven't seen him interact with. I mean, to be fair, I haven't seen, we haven't seen a real practice in two weeks now. So it's like, right. But I'm just saying like, I didn't even get to see him interact with Jed Fish or like, yeah. any anecdotal whatever and but I would agree. first of all you know I wrote the column last week like I think Bill has decided he likes Cam and I saw Mike Tannenbaum I'm not sure I like being aligned with Mike Tannenbaum but clearly Mike Tannenbaum is along the same lines that I am that within three weeks what did he say they could be t- you will be talking about hey, in three weeks the the storyline in the NFL is will when one of the Patriots going to sign him to an extension right like it doesn't make me feel great that a twice-failed, miserable GM is the guy that I'm sort of pointing to as my expert witness, but I agree with him. I think Bill may have already kind of decided. Like, this, Cam's the future. I can sign Cam for a four-year, five-year deal, and that can be my quarterback, and then I figure out everything else surrounding him. But for Stidham in particular, the whole hip injury, trip to the hospital, 
how he reacted to it. Josh saying he's going to be out there. Bill held him out. Like that whole thing is a little weird. But I would also say I'm just I'm not a real believer that like you stumble into franchise quarterbacks in year three or year four. Like Russell Wilson. Yeah, like those guys to me find a way pretty quickly. You know, we're supposedly told in the dynasty book that Bill wanted Brady in year two right. over blood. I don't believe it, I, right. but it, it was probably at least a thought. Like he might have said in a back room, like Brady looks really good. Brady shows leadership. Brady's this. Brady like has has Stidham done that in his second? Like he's now two years in. At what point do you say, you know, the Parcells if it doesn't bite as a puppy, it's not going to bite as an, an adult dog. Like I don't know. I'm just not a real big believer that. True franchise quarterbacks. I'm not saying he couldn't start in the NFL, but like a franchise QB, you know that pretty quickly, I think, or you know it's probably not going to happen, and he's probably a journeyman who, if he gets the right chance, yeah, he can start a little bit, hang around for a few years, but I don't know. If you made me say right now, is Jarrett Stidham a guy that is a franchise quarterback or is a team starter for any extended period of time? I would say no. I wouldn't either. Like, I would put – the odd there's more there's better odds that somebody other than Jared Stidham is the quarterback for the Patriots in 2021 than him. Even if it's not Newton. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably accurate. But right now my, uh, my storyline is Newton. It's going to be Newton this year and Newton moving forward. Uh, anything else on the, the like wide receiver that I still don't, that's another position. I don't know why they didn't look to upgrade. There are some guys that were even available on the waiver wire that they didn't really go after. And I just don't know like how they envision this playing out. Like does Demir bird going to be a big contributor is Jacoby Myers going to be a big contributor. Like it just doesn't really seem to fit with what we saw. And I know things could have changed in the last couple of weeks, but I, I just, I have major concerns about that position. Um, I think those are fair. I mean, I don't think some of it though is like, are you really upgrading? Like to just go out and get another body who might be marginally better or marginally more experienced. Do I, do I advance anything? Is that a long-term move or I just feel a little bit better about myself? Like, or do I wait, see what I definitively have with bird and well, certainly with Harry definitively, yep. but bird and Jacoby Myers and then go from there. Like, I think if, you know, some elite receiver or a guy that they think is really good, like a can't miss. Yep. Hakeem Butler is a guy that I like. I don't yep. really know what the story is on him. Um, he's a guy that I think has high-end upside that I don't yeah, – He was one of my guys, and I had 10, 10 receivers and tight ends to watch, and he was available, and they didn't pull the trigger. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't even know, like, during the draft, I thought he was a better prospect, and he ended up going in the fourth round, and now he's out basically – out in Arizona after having not done anything. Yep. So, so there, there could be something going on with him that we don't know about just behind the scenes. And that's why teams are shying away. Right. So, but the bigger picture is, I just don't think there were that, there's that much available that that's much better than what you have. So that's possible. Again, sort of, it, sort of what you said, see what you have. And then if you get to October and you're like, we're, you know, a number two receiver away from, competing with the Chiefs and the and the Ravens, then sure, go out and, and use your cap space to trade for that that type of guy. Right. And and I don't – right now, I don't think that's a realistic expectation. You're not a one anything away. You're, you're a bunch of things away. So I'm going to get a marginal upgrade at a position that is going to be marginally better for a team that will be marginally better. Like, what's the point? Am I, am I, maybe I'm just better off with seeing what Gunner and, and Myers have. They're, give them the chance. Like, be fair to them. They had a weird offseason, but they're in their second year. They've invested a lot of hard work. Let, give them the chance to at least fail, right? Give them the chance to prove that they can't be better, that they can't be contributors, and then I'll figure it out because I have time. There's no rush. One loss is not going to be the difference between me being the number one seed. And you know what I mean? Like, right. I, just, I, I don't think the urgency is there necessarily like last year or, you know, the, the wide receiver position, first of all, is a bigger picture question. It's been absolute desperation we've talked about this for multiple years left and right right in various ways and so i don't think you're going to fix it overnight with one post cut down random waiver wire pickup or signing so 
I think this, I think this is a find out what you got year. I really do. And I don't think they're tanking. Like I think they hope to make the playoffs while finding out what they got. Right. That's kind of what I think they are. They're, they're a competitive, a playoff competitive team, but while able to figure out what they have in the process. Right. But without doing anything that adversely affects 2021 or 2022 cap wise, draft pick wise, I think they want to find out what they have, find out what they need, maybe just as importantly, what they truly need moving yep. forward, but keep their, their assets and their, their money and everything to go get what they need moving forward. Uh, so there's a game this Sunday. Are you like, yeah. are you like, it just seems weird to me, probably because there's been no preseason games. There's been a, you know, a weird off season, whatever. It just feels very strange that they're actually going to be playing a real game that counts this Sunday. Well, not even just this Sunday. We got one in two days, right? The NFL kicks off Thursday night. Um, yep. Yeah. I, for a billion reasons, it's going to feel weird, seem weird in stadium, out of stadium, no crowd, the, the 70 decibel yeah. crowd noise thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I was watching – I don't know if you watched any of the, the Navy-BYU game at all. I watched uh, when Bill was on for forever. See, that's funny. I actually didn't watch Bill. I watched the first half and then – Well, I only saw on Twitter that uh, Bill was on ESPN, so I flipped it on, and he, talk, he was on for like 20 minutes. Well, because they actually joked about that because that, it was a bad game. I was going to say, I, I, didn't, I was thinking to myself, did they plan on having him call in or were they in desperation mode and figured Bill would talk about Navy for 20 minutes and they could distract from the game? I think it was conveniently ended up the latter because Herb Street said something like, you know, we're really looking forward to the Bill Belichick will join us in the third quarter or the second. You know, not sure Bill knows he signed up for, but we might need him to basically stay the whole second half to uh, entertain our viewers. Or like he, he made a joke out of it because the game yeah. was so bad. Yeah. Um, my, my only point was, like, I was watching the game with no crowd. Yep. Um, coaches had face masks. You know, some of the little things you see. But it didn't really – and maybe because it's college football and you watch a decent amount of college football games and bowl games that have small crowds and sort of weird settings. Mm -hmm. It looked like football. Like, I didn't – it didn't strike it felt, me. It felt like a – like, I don't want to say scrimmage, but it didn't feel like a real game. Well, first of all, it's Navy. True. Remember, it's Navy. They True. run the ball. They're running the option. They're a high school offense from, you know, 30 years ago. True. And I love it. I'm not saying that in a negative way, but I yep. think that in and of itself is different than, you know, Joe Burrow's LSU team last year chucking the ball all over the field. Right. Maybe that'll feel different in an empty stadium. Maybe that'll play better. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. But your bigger question, I think it's super weird. I think it's going to be super weird for players. I think it's going to be super weird for coaches. I think it's the ultimate unknown in terms of game plan. We talked about personnel, rotations, crowd noise, energy, the whole thing. Like we joked with James White on the radio about, you know, you're going to get into some trash talking, maybe to inject a And he's like, no, maybe others. And we, we kind of warned him, like, be careful, because if other sports are any indication, if you say something, we're, yeah, picked up. we're going to hear it. So, you know, be careful with how far you go with your trash talking. So, no, I think it's going to be a major feeling out experience and probably sloppy and probably missed tackles and missed blocks, missed timing, you know, a, a slant route that the timing's off and it's a pick six the other way. And then a slant route where a guy slips and guy goes 70 yards because he doesn't make the tackle. I think there'll be a lot of that. And, and, mm. and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Like it's the first week and modern football and fantasy fans and red zone. I, I think it'll be fine, but it's weird. I mean, it's going to be weird for us, like going right. to Gillette Stadium. I haven't been to Gillette Stadium since January or whatever. Right, like, right. Uh, specific to the game and the Patriots and the Dolphins, like, do you think any of the – like Belichick or Flores has an advantage with there being no tape on the other team? And, and like Belichick was asked about it, say, on the conference call, or maybe it was McDaniels, about throwing – like are you just going to throw all these crazy plays out there because there's no tape on them. And, like, I don't – does that give an edge to one coach having not been able to sort of scout the way that they normally would? I don't – I mean, my general answer to that would be I'd always give Bill the edge because I think Bill's a smart coach. Yep. But in, beyond that, I'd say no. I mean, there's going to be a sense of unknown. Anytime there's a sense of unknown, I think it then falls back on your linebackers, your safeties to communicate. and Like, I almost think – as you're, as I just talked, I, I feel like there's going to be more like just sort of a feeling out process, like in the first half, like some vanilla like plays to sort of see how things are going. 
or the opposite. But you don't think there'll be like a trick play or a motion or if, like I've said all. I guess it kind of depends on the coach. Like for for instance, I don't see the Patriots defense coming out with a lot of exotic blitzes and this and that in the first half. Could it be the opposite for the Patriots offense? Sure. So I guess it depends on what unit you're talking about and which coach you're talking about. Yeah, I think defenses will be more base um, in general. Now, we'll see. I mean, maybe some people will dial some blitzes up and say, you know, the O-line hasn't had enough reps to figure this out. We'll overload this, overload that. Like Rex Ryan would probably do something like that. But you're also setting yourself up for big plays allowed. Um, But I've said in general, I'd want to be the best team on the field, not the best coach. I'd want to be the best athletes on the field, the best guy. And some of that would be veteran, you know, like Devin McCourty. Like, I think I feel pretty good about him seeing something and saying, you know, checking to our base defense, something doesn't seem right. This, we didn't prep for this, we had whatever. Um, So I think that's good for them. But then I'd rather be, and this is, you know, redundant, but I'd rather be like Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, like just athletes on the field, because at some point the athleticism takes over that you've taken the coaching scheming out of it a little bit because of all the unknowns. Um, But my guess is there will be, in week one, between Thursday and Monday night, there'll be examples of all of it. Like John Gruden. I bet John Gruden has some some stuff dialed up that he's hoping to use, you know, some right. play or something. You know, Henry Ruggs, is he healthy? If he's healthy, like, I could see him trying to unleash him with something, get him the ball in space. Yeah. But then there's probably other coaches that are just going to, like, you know what, let's just run the ball, right. play defense, yep, settle down, so. feel it out. Um, so it'll be interesting to see – who those guys are, how that maps out, like Ron Rivera. I could see Ron, even though he's Riverboat Ron, are they going to go crazy or are they just going to say, you know what, we got to run the ball. Let's not do anything. Yep. Let's not lose. Let's, let's. So I, it is going to be interesting to see all of that. And they're probably across the 32 teams will be examples of, of the different theory. Yeah. Uh, do you think, just on paper, are the Patriots better than the Dolphins? Should they win on Sunday? Yes but I don't feel great about it. I think it's a close game. What are, what's the number? I didn't even look to see what the number was. That's actually a good – I should probably do that. But what, uh, well, let's guess. What are, what are, what's your prediction? I would say the Patriots by three and a half. No, see, I, I would say higher. I think – I say Patriots close – Patriots minus five and a half. Five and a half, okay. Let's see – no, no, that's my guess. We'll split the difference then. Patriots are favored by six and a half. Chimney Christmas, give me the points. Yeah. I think that's a lot. I think yeah. that's too much. If, and if that sneaks up another half, like, huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just don't think they're good enough to assume that. And Yeah, like, I, yeah. I think a lot of that's probably just the Patriots being the Patriots, the Patriots at home. Like, I, I don't yeah. think a lot of that's based on anything, you know. Yeah, that, that's so – it's a lot of uh, past bias that's in that number. Right. And, you know, the Dolphins are a team coming off a bad year, picking fifth overall, and blah, blah, blah. Like, I just – to me, the Patriots aren't good enough to be a touchdown favorite over pretty much anybody right now. I think I put the Jaguars in a different category, but pretty much everybody else yep. in the NFL. Uh, so that that's interesting. But it could be – it won't stun me if a team leads 14 nothing after, you know, four minutes of play in this game. Either team. Yep. Dolphins up 14 nothing. Patriots up 14 nothing. Like, holy crap, look at yeah. this season. Yeah, we very well could have one of those Patriots starts. They march right down the field, score a touchdown, force a punt, and then score again. Like, I could, I could see that, but then I could see the other way around. I could see a, a fumble return for a touchdown, a pick six. Like, right, a busted coverage, or like a yeah. Cam hits, you know, Nikhil Harry in the hands and it deflects and it's picked right. off. And- or uh, the Patriots allow a 70-yard touchdown run. Like, yep. everything's on the table. Well, just – Let's just start with special teams. Like, you know, organized chaos hasn't really had a chance to get organized. They haven't done anything close to game live speed reality yet. So they're probably going to be big plays in the kicking game. Not necessarily at Gillette, but somewhere in the NFL, there'll be multiple big plays. Um, But just in general, if you said who's the better team, um, I'd say the Patriots, but I'm not saying it with like, 100% 100% confidence. Or, yeah. No, de- definitive. And, you know, we, we were joking before we went on the air, the captains for the Dolphins are Kyle Van Oyle, Landon Roberts, Ted Karras as part of their captain group. Um, so there's definitely that whole Patriot Way building in Miami or whatever. But 
Ryan Fitzpatrick, do I think he's better than Cam Newton overall? Nope. No. But in any given game, we all know Fitz Magic can throw for 375. Just look at the last drive from that week 17 game last year. Right. So he, that's just the reality. And, you know, I, he, I guess he's faced Bill more than like only yeah. a quarter, only Manning. A call. I guess we'll take, we'll take that as being a thing. Yeah. So, you know, he has some experience. He's got the benefit of Brian Flores helping him prep for you know, Bill and the defense. And like, I just – Even, like, I don't, I don't know, we, we sort of the thing I talked about earlier, but do you think the, the Dolphins have an advantage in a way with having a Landon Roberts, Kyle Van Noy, Ted Karras, all those ex-Patriots? In theory, but they're not prepping for Tom Brady. They're not prepping right. for that offense. They're prepping for Cam Newton. So the Patriots right. have an advantage of the complete unknown that is their offense with Cam Newton. So, you know, those probably boil down to neither team really has an advantage and you got to play ball once you get out there. Well, and Bill says the same thing every year and this happens. It happens every week. You can find the same connections every week. A lot of guys. That's not always true. Like he. It's not. It's just like he says every team has turnover, but not every team loses their 20-year franchise GOAT quarterback. That's not the same as, you know, the Jaguars getting rid of Bulls. Or the the Chiefs. They, They really didn't change much from last year. Right. They're, they're the same team with the same athletes, the same speed. They're all just richer and have rings on their fingers. Right, right. Uh, but are you excited? Ooh, you're not. No. Wow. I am. I, I'm excited for the fact that we'll have something to actually, like, discuss. But I don't know. Maybe I'll feel different come Sunday and getting to the stadium. I'm just kind of just like, I don't know. You know what I'm excited for? Yep. The ability to analyze and work our way through an interesting season. And you can't just fall back on, we got a caller at the station, Scott and Weymouth, who for years, just every week calls in, Patriots will be fine, uh, 35-14 because they've been doing it forever, Belichick and Brady. You can't say that anymore. You just can't. Like, you shouldn't have said it right. then, but you can't say it now. Now you actually have to look at matchups and personnel and trends and momentum and yeah. – I'm excited. For, I, don't, I guess I mistook your question. I, I'm excited for the season in that aspect, but the game on Sunday, I'm, I'm kind of just, maybe I'm not really in that mode yet that like, this is the, actually the season. Well, but it isn't, and it is, is never going to actually be the season because like, we're not going to, we're creatures of habits, just like play like, and we're not going to do Sunday is a game. We go to Gillette. Monday's a conference call. Wednesday we're at Gillette for, you know, right. Cam Newton press conference and then blah locker room and like none of that's happening so it's it's never gonna feel like a, a real season because it's it's just gonna be all zoom calls and do you think it is for the players though because they're sort of in the same routine um yeah but but really but, not actually I mean they, they had the thing over the weekend they can't go to the facility on Mondays right they can't go to the facility on Mondays they're not gonna have any fans at the games they didn't have fans at training camp like longtime Patriots one thing we had like they didn't have you know the the right cut down barbecue at Robert Kraft's house right like so much is different that no I don't even, think even, I guess inside the building like we've, we haven't been in the locker room obviously but I'm sure that's different too like who's around who like which guys right. are in which area which guys are in which room for that matter right and you're not supposed to you know the seven dbs aren't like yucking it up talking about the Celtics game and right I just no. I think everything's different, and I don't think they'll ever feel like they might have fun. They might get energy. They might like momentum, whatever. But I don't think they'll ever feel like it's a normal, fun, regular season. We're rolling, moving forward. I don't because it's not. It's it's not going to be that way. Like I'm just thinking along those lines too. Like some of these like big matchups. Like I just don't think they'll be the same hype for some of these games. Probably because there's no crowd and all that. But just like for instance, like when. And I'm just using this as an example, like Tom Brady and Drew Brees are playing each other this Sunday. There's not like that much hype around it, you know? Yeah. And we'll see what happens. I also side topic would be how well the teams are going to deal with social justice and the anthem and all that. Um, we'll see what happens once Thursday comes, if that injects some more like here, like life into the, the weekend, but you're right. It's just not going to be the same. Like even, like, I think there's a really good thing that Cam Newton is the quarterback now because of the energy. Like, everybody talks about his energy. Right. I think that'll be beneficial to this team playing without fans, playing without a crowd. Oh, building. Sure. Like, think of Brady. We talked about, like, the Houston thing. We've got to be faster, got to be quicker, yelling, screaming at guys. I think that would be more of a touchy thing 
with no fans and it, like in a quiet yeah. environment. And yeah. so I think the Newton energy that everybody's talked about nonstop and the magnetism, I think that could benefit this team. But no, I'm not as excited as normal, but I'm just excited because I like football and football's back and we got games and we can go into analyzing this team and trying to figure out With who they are. things on the field and not just you, you relying on us beat writer clowns yeah. practice reports. Yes. I don't like relying on you guys to tell me what's happening down there. I don't like it at all. I got, you know, one guy tell me Damian Harris is a jag. The next guy tell me he's RB1. Everybody tell me uh, Gunnar Olszewski is the best wide receiver on the field, except for the drops and fumbles. And I'm like, what? Except for the what and the what? <laughs> like, yeah. what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else Let's, you want to hit on? Yeah. Um, and uh, ESPN's season oh, yes. long projection, yeah. FPI, Football Power Index. They did all 269 games. Then they did all the playoff games. Uh, fast forward to the finish, and they have the Colts beating the Cowboys in a blowout in the Super Bowl. Um, wait, but, say what? Wait, what did I say? The Colts beating the Cowboys? Chiefs, Chiefs sorry. I was going to say, what? <laughs> yeah, that would have been far more interesting. Uh, Chiefs, let me, let me rewind. Chiefs beating the Cowboys in blowout fashion in the Super Bowl. Um, but for the Patriots' perspective, Patriots do not win the division. They do not even come close. Patriots finished 5-11. and 11. Tied with the Jets, um, six games behind the 11-5 and five Buffalo Bills, who win the division, um, and just slightly ahead of the 4-12 and 12 Miami Dolphins. The AFC East is a stinky, stinky division, according to ESPN's picks. Um, and Tom Brady has success, goes to the playoffs, I believe goes to the NFC title game. Um, I think even leads the NFL in passing yards down in Tampa, if you're doing that comparison. Patriots do win on opening day, though, according to the uh, ESPN projection, 37-35. Do not see that happening. Uh, I don't really either. That's a that's all. But if it gets sloppy and crazy, you never know. It, it, you could get to those points. Yeah. Uh, I certainly don't think an efficient Patriots offense just rolls out there and puts up 37 points. No. I think it would have to be defensive scores, you know, crazy plays, special right. teams. Um, but what do you think about 5-11? and 11? Realistic? I, no. I think they're – at worst, at worst, seven and nine. And I don't think that's possible. Uh, this was a question that was posed to me by my co-host, Greg Dickerson, on uh, Labor Day uh, Midday Radio. What's more likely, Patriots go 11 and five or five and 11? 11 and five. Oh, you're out of your mind, you homer. No, no. You're out of your, what was their record a year ago? 10 and six, right? 11 and five, I think. 11. Were they? You think they're better this year? No, with I'm not saying schedule. They're not not going to start eight and zero with the, without the number one defense in football. You think they're going to win eleven games? You said more likely. I didn't say they are. Yeah, I don't think there's no shot in Hades. I, I can't. I would be stunned if Bill Belichick with Cam Newton at quarterback and the playmakers they have only get five wins. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. what playmakers? Just the guy, okay, not playmakers, but veteran guys on the team. Like, I, I just can't picture a team with McCordy, Edelman, uh, Lawrence Guy, like those, those guys. I can't picture Cam Newton. I can't picture them only getting five wins, especially when the AFC East is so bad. Okay, so let me go the other way. I can't picture a team with Nikhil Harry, Gunnar Olszewski, Devin Asiasi, Dalton Keene, Josh Uche, uh, Anthony Jennings, and injured Bo Allen – uh, winning 11 games against a schedule that includes the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Chiefs. Does that work? Possibly. Um, you stunned me. 11 and 5. You think they could go 11 and 5? I didn't say they could, they're going 11 and 5. No, I, I said, know. you said more likely than 5 and 11. Yes. I think 5 and 11 is more likely. I, I, if I had to guess right now, I think they're a 9, nine and 17. Uh, that wouldn't stun me. I think that's they're in that seven and nine, nine and seven, that swing range of, you know, folk misses a kick, folk makes a kick, and that makes the difference between, you know, winning and losing record type thing. But, um, I mean, you, you're going to go against football power index? That's a computer. That's they know what they're talking about. Well, what did you think the Patriots' record was last year? I thought it was eleven and five. I don't know if pro football focus is pro football reference is messed up. Weren't they 12 and four? Oh, were they? <laughs> yeah, they oh. were. Oh, I know they yeah, were. You said 11 and five. 
Yeah, I, I knew that. I knew that wasn't right. You said ten and six. Well, because then you said that. I was like, what am I thinking? Yeah, they lost to the Ravens, the Texans, the Chiefs, and the Dolphins. Okay. So they were twelve and four. With an eight and zero start against a soft schedule, and you think yes. they're going to be slightly worse with a tougher schedule and no talent? I guess that's what I'm saying, but yeah, I. I like I mean, it's I said, irrelevant either way. It's it's a meaningless argument. It doesn't matter what we think. Right. What's your what would you say right now? I said nine and seven. If you made me say right now, I told you I've been a little bit negative of late, I'd say seven and nine. So they missed the playoffs. Yeah, I don't see the only reason I have them making the playoffs is because extra wild card team. Me too. Extra team and the AFC is so questionable, but just because they're questionable doesn't mean they can't be good. And I asked my Saturday host this. If you were drafting AFC teams, if you had to do some sort of like fantasy draft where sure. you make money for picking playoff teams, who would you pick? Get, like, give me a rundown. Well, Chiefs, Ravens for sure. Okay, next. Probably the Patriots. Oh, you're out of your – Jesus, do you have Patriots boxers on? Who would you put in? Homer? Uh, I think I would take – You're just deciding between like the Titans, the Colts – um the bills I would, I would take the titans over the patriots okay maybe maybe okay i'll put the titans ahead of the patriots but i'm uh, not putting i'm not putting bill o'brien's texans ahead of the patriots why they make the playoffs lots okay so do the patriots i know i'm just asking how about uh san diego i mean los angeles chargers no no, no. tyrod taylor no yeah no herbert for that herbert. reason no uh, how about the bounce back Cleveland Browns? No. How about the Pittsburgh Steelers? I think they'd have a chance to make the playoffs, but I would still, I'd put, I think the Patriots have a better chance of making the playoffs than the Steelers do. Why? Because of division. Yeah. I think Baltimore is going to have a regression and that division. I mean, Baltimore can make it and you can be an easy wild card team. Yeah, but the Browns could be better too. Like I, I think maybe. I but the Steel- if you think the Browns don't bounce back, the Steelers beating up I just, on the- I just look at the AFCs. The Dolphins and Jets are going to suck. Yeah, but so are the Bengals probably, even though they have Joe Burrow. But I- So you're really down the Patriots, huh? I told you over the last week and a half, I've gotten really down, and I don't know why. Yeah, clearly. So, I felt- so where would you have them in terms of, like, if you had to draft like, in order of like, teams to make the playoffs, are you really having all those teams you named above the Patriots? Probably. What about the Colts? Nah, I hate Phillip Rivers. Okay. So you, but, you, you and think- the only reason I would pick the Patriots is William Belichick. Yeah, that's a big reason that I am as well, but like the, a few other reasons. Everybody getting giddy about Gunner and the third round tight ends and like the third round, second and third round linebackers. Like, it just doesn't do it for me. I'd, I'd get more giddy about the upside, roll the dice with the Browns or the Chargers. Now, the Chargers took a huge hit, in my mind, with the Derwin James injury. That's a massive thing, Um, in addition to, obviously, the questions at quarterback. But, you know, Deshaun Watson, do I feel better about him as the leader of an offense? And it's not impossible to think they could be really good offensively. I know they traded DeAndre Hopkins, but if they get bounced back here from David Johnson and if the the meshing of um, Cooks and Fuller and those guys, like, it's not impossible that they – that has a better upside than Cam Newton's offense, right? Much better. Probably. No, 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 probably. You have to admit it's much better. Yes. Like Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, and those guys over yes. Gunner and Demir Bird? Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Even David Johnson, like, he was once one of the best backs in football. Like, he was like a fantasy number one overall pick. He ran, he caught, he did the whole thing. Who knows if, it's, if he can get back, but – and Deshaun Watson. He's a young, budding, superstar quarterback – you're hoping Cam can get past the injuries and get back to what he was. So I just think if you're picking on potential, there's a bunch of teams that have more upside potential than the Patriots. If you're just picking on, um, like, use our draft thing, ceiling and floor, the Patriots' floor is probably higher than some of those teams. Like, the Browns could just implode. The right. Texans could probably implode under after trading Hopkins and mobility. Yeah. I don't think the Patriots will flat-out implode. But I also think the upside in Houston or L.A. or Cleveland might be higher than even what Bill Belichick can muster and kind of pull together. That's all fair. I'm glad I brought that together at the end in my own mind. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back sometime. Undetermined yet. 
yeah, we're, we're, we're like the team. We're like the players. We're kind of figuring this out as we go and trying to find our in-season stride, game stride. But, yes, we'll be studying up on the Dolphins. I can promise you that because I don't feel like I have a whole hell of a lot of knowledge. But I don't know where I'm going to get knowledge other than reading clips of like, so I have to rely on beat writers to tell me what's going on here. Now I have to rely on beat writers to tell me what's going on in Miami. I got nothing to go by. Right. Well, that'll all change come Sunday. Then I'll have a very limited information to go by that I will overreact to one way or the other. Well, you won't be the only one. I can tell you that. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we'll be back at some point. Wait, no curveball? Oh, uh, I actually did think of one yesterday. What's, so this is my, like, favorite time of the year in terms of weather, like the 60s, 70s. Like, I like a quarter zip and shorts. What's your favorite, favorite uh, year, time of the year? I was actually talking to somebody about this yesterday. Oh. While I – I don't hate this time of year. The fact that it's um, trending towards darker, colder end of everything I, doesn't give me like anxiety, but like, I don't like it. You know what I mean? Whereas I think actually the opposite time of this year, the spring version of this, where it's not quite hot yet, yep. but it's like seventies and you're like hoodie at night, but you know, maybe when the sun's out, you're, you but know, I just feel like in new England, we get that like for three days and then it's summer. I know, but that's why I like it because it brings like even better. Like, oh, it's going to be boating and swimming and pool yeah. time soon. Whereas now it brings, oh crap, it's going to be snow soon. It's going to be like raking leaves. It's going to yeah. be like, I feel like this is a precursor to negative. Whereas the same temperature in the spring is a precursor to positive. That's fair. Fair. So right now I'm in those like, plus this weird year, we talked about the weird year. Like I'm kind of in the doldrums of, Summer's over, can't do things with the kids anymore, but can I still do things with the kids because they're hybrid learning? Like, what's the schedule going to be? Well, like, I was talking to someone this weekend, like, even, like, so these restaurants have all this outdoor seating. How, yeah. long, like, how long is this going to last? Like, you're going to be having dinner outside when it's 50 degrees. Like, what's the edge you're going to push there? And, no, and it's already coming. I mean, it already – when I went to bed last night, I want to say it said, like, 59. Yeah. So, like, you're very close to – if you're going to dinner outside right now, you got to get there early while the sun is still going down and do like right. an early bird because I believe they're not allowed to use heaters. I believe that's one of the rules because that's like a, a spreader. Oh, really? I was you know, those big like yeah. those mushroom or any of those heaters. Well, see, I thought, I thought all restaurants were going to get into that game, but if they can't, then they can't. I believe yeah. that's a COVID rule. They're not allowed to. So yes, that's going to adversely affect the restaurant industry. And that's what I mean. It's all negative. It's all negative coming. The Patriot season, the temperature school everything's a negative right now well, see maybe, you're dragging me down maybe the next time we do this you'll be in a positive mood nope i just got a text i gotta do mud at night wednesday 8 to 10 so i doubt that <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll talk to you later all right peace out